Ciao. Il mio nome è Joe. Jimmy, come stai? Sì. Se. Se. Luke, come stai? I'm doing well. I didn't, I didn't go on a uh, exquisite cruise around the coast of Europe, so I'll just I'll talk in English. Ah, yes. We knew the Americans would say Grazie, that. Amelie. <laughs> the beautiful American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, guys, we're back. Cup of Joe and Jimmy. It's been a couple weeks since we've last seen you guys. I hope you are alive and well. We don't see anyone. No, I do. Oh. Yep. And honestly, I hope you guys missed us. I don't think you did. Didn't get much... Uh, <laughs> Didn't get much of you guys asking, hey, where's the podcast been? No, it seems like it was a pretty good break for everyone. Um, but yeah, now my voice is back. Jimmy, is your voice back? Let me hear your voice. Hello. And as always, Luke, let me hear your voice. Hello. Thank you, Luke. Uh, how many episodes in are we here? I think this is our 14th. 14th episode and people are still a little bit confused if Luke is a permanent part of the show. Uh-huh. And I don't really know what else to say. I mean, we could add his name. To the name of a cup of Joe and Jimmy, it's but not worth changing the song. It, yeah, exactly. and we already have a logo, and it's it would be a lot of effort. Well, I, I we could put in the logo, but the, the song's the big one. The song. I did take over the uh, Twitter account while you guys were gone. Ran some polls, got good some polls. good feedback. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need you to do that too on starting Monday mornings, because uh, that guys, I got a job. <sighs> yeah, we, we lost a good one. Yep. I I've officially fallen into the pits of what they call the work week. Monday through Friday grind, but I hope it's going to be good. I think I think it'll be good. I think you're going to do well. Let's just hope they don't listen to this podcast. You had a, they're going to hate me. You had a good early age retirement. Yeah, a good six months of getting a feel of what retirement's going to be like. So now I I have a goal in mind of what I want when I'm age sixty. I knew that water cooler talk would pay off sometime. Oh yeah, and you're- starting tomorrow I'm going to use it. And so that is we're going to practice a little bit at the end of the show, a little more fresh brew of the week water talk. Um, also we are going to talk the Memorial golf tournament that just wrapped up. We're, we'll probably mention tiger as we usually do, but very good transition into this. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and then the NBA finals now forewarning, we are recording before game two of the NBA finals, but it is only game two. So there's plenty we can still talk about without knowing the results of that game. I think I can guess the results, unfortunately here, but Joe needs to get to bed early. We have to respect that. Oh, boy. I'm not going to turn into one of those guys. The dinner's over. All right, I better get to bed. Early start tomorrow. You know what? No. I don't care if I'm tired. I'm going to enjoy my life. I think it stinks for me, though, because I watched throughout the whole semester you just playing golf throughout the week, and then right when I get my summer, you go to work, and I don't have anyone to play golf with. Well, and you you got a job, a job much too quickly. If I'm going to say it, yeah. Someone's got to pay the bills, Jim. Someone's yeah. got to pay the bills. Yeah, so you didn't take advantage of the summer Luke and I did, um, and that's okay. But it was a great run. Good six months of golf, sleeping in, eating terrible, and I hope to do it again in 40 years. <laughs> okay, so, guys, this is my last ever episode <laughs> <laughs> no, as an, an unemployed man is what I'm trying to say. Uh, okay. Yeah, but... uh Sit back, relax. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be listening to this tomorrow morning on my drive to work. So, Joe, have a great day at work, buddy. You're going to do great. And, man, you look good. Cup of Joe and Jimmy coming at you. Whoa. Come get your cup of Joe.
Okay. Um, hmm, what's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, Burns My Biscuits, that's what's up. And, man, it's been a little bit of a break. Who has it this week? I have it this week. Oh, boy. It's not going to be controversial, is it? It's going to be a good one. Jimmy, right now I'm on the way to my first day at work, and I need something to get me fired up on this Monday. I think think it's going to fire you up. Okay. Because I don't think you like this. Let's hear it, Jimmy Nugent. What burns your biscuits? Go. You guys want to know what burns my biscuit? You just said, so you have to answer. Yeah. There's a fad that has started in our generation when people have children. It's a certain ceremony that they do, and they try and get very creative with it, and it's called gender reveals. It would be hard, it's hard to explain it over words what people do, but it's when they don't know the gender of the child yet, and they have a whole celebration to reveal what the gender of the child is, which is all fine and dandy. You know, you guys want to find out together, that's all fine, but... They people have taken it to lengths that I just don't understand anymore. They spend they spend an exorbitant amount of monies to just discover what the gender of this baby is. I, the other day I saw one where um, there was a guy riding a bull and the bull was trying to buck him off and just in the back was spraying it was either blue or pink whichever gender the child was. I saw one the other day where uh, a girl had a paintball gun. And she didn't know what color the paintballs were inside of it and shot her husband with the paintballs mm. bare-chested. Mm-hmm. And if it was blue or pink, that's how you found out. I saw another one where a helicopter ride, they, they took a helicopter ride into a stadium mm. where their family was waiting for them with a party with ever what color the baby was, blue or pink. Mm. I just think it's getting a little ridiculous, guys. I, I, it, these gender reveals don't make any sense to me. And then they celebrate. So if they celebrate when it's a boy... Means they didn't want a girl. Does that mean they not didn't want a girl? Yep. Or were they going to celebrate if it was a girl anyways? What? Why are they so excited? Were you, are you surprised that it's a gender? Right. Like, are you surprised that it's blue or pink? I don't know. Who are they to pick the gender for them? Okay. Well, that's another day. <laughs> I just think that gender reveals have gone way too far. Um, right. I, I don't like the direction it's heading. I think it's come, become way too big of a social social media thing instead of it just being a special thing between the husband and the wife of of discovering the gender together but now it's someone hitting a baseball bat or someone hitting a baseball the baseball bat and the color of the baseball is the gender of the child who are we to say blue is a boy's color yeah (laughs) why okay what are you guys thoughts on this well also going to the paintball thing yeah oh congrats you guys are having a boy but oh dad's dead because i just shot him in the chest point blank (laughs) <laughs> or the helicopter coming into the stadium. Oh, congrats. You guys are having a girl. Breaking news. We're out of money. We can't afford the baby. Adoption. I saw one the other day where the, where the balloons turned out yellow. Well, that's the world we live in, Jim. Yeah. It's not quite uh, black and white or blue and pink these days. Yeah, I think the only aspect of the gender reveal that I like is the gender reveal blunder. Oh, yeah. I don't know the if big you guys, mess ups. I don't know if you guys seen the one where the someone's throwing a pitch to the guy and he needs to hit it to find out the gender and it's a little high high, the, high and yeah. inside. The guy's he a good l- eye. He laid off of it. Very impressive, but it hit someone in the face. That's how they found out. Thought that was great. Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of golf golf swings. I think the ball explodes into pink or blue, and yeah. someone topped it or whiffed, and uh-huh. it just kind of exploded on its own. So that's special. We're just going a little too far Intimate. with this. I've seen I've seen ones where I can tell the. The dad, it, when it's a girl, he just seems a little disappointed. Probably not as excited, or he seems relieved when it's a boy. It's like, would you, would you have been that miserable that it was a girl? 
Like, would that would that have been so bad for your life if this turned out to be a girl? It's it's the same thing with when people envision their perfect wedding. So your other thing, anything other than that, isn't perfect. Same thing with the child. You ask the you ask the dad, what do you want? He says, I want a boy. They find out they have a girl. Dad acts like he's perfectly happy with it. He's not. He's pissed. And the whole life, that girl realizes that she wasn't exactly what her dad wanted. What if? <laughs> I mean, I, I know the science, I've heard the science behind it. You're never like 100% sure it's a boy or a girl. So what if they, the kid sees one day this party that they threw because they found it was a boy and you turned out to be a girl. And then you're like, ah, oh, well, they were so excited for a boy. They probably hate me. Right. What happens if it's twins? One's a boy, one's a girl. What do you give them? Just a thing of cotton candy and say it's both? You give them a rainbow. <laughs> Actually. Just cotton candy. Yeah, boom, probably just cotton candy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm the old fashioned kind of guy. Wait till it pops out of the old womb and then go ahead and check down under see what's going on <laughs> but yeah i like it jimmy i'm glad that burns your biscuits and do you have anyone specific in mind and if so please name them no no none of my friends are pregnant yet actually we did just just get a fellow uh person we knew in college they just became pregnant but i i have oh yeah we, shout out josiah jackson yeah. if you're listening and if you need help with the gender reveal don't come asking me yeah i i you, what you should do is you should you should in- get six birds and inject them with a color and release them into the air and shoot them out of the sky, right. whatever color they are. There'll be some red, but whatever color they are, that's what g- gender your baby is. Right. That's or a good- cut off your own arm. If the blood is blue, it's a boy. If the blood is red, it's a girl. Yeah. Guarantee you're going to have a girl. Guaranteed. Um, and then, Luke, did we have a we had a fan submit uh, What Burns Your Biscuits as well? What yeah, was that? We had a number of people submit... Um, so yeah, a lot of fan mail yeah. we're getting. But we had to go with one. Um, I will allow this person to re- remain anonymous. Um, but their Burns My Biscuits was wedding hashtags. What are your thoughts? Yep. think they're ridiculous. Also, where are wedding hashtags located in the wedding venue? Are they just like on the cake and on the chairs? Or do you ever see it again? You don't see it. It's just, it, it's just out there. And are kids going to be asking when they're younger, mom and dad? Not mom and dad. What was your first date? Mom and dad, where did where did you get proposed? Mom and dad, what was your wedding hashtag? Oh, ours was, uh, he put the sock in it, because my last name's Sock. <laughs> what would yours be? I've thought about it, because I've thought about how I would want to create one and then never use it. <laughs> and I honestly, I have no idea. And, but I, they would force me to create yeah, one. Yeah, it, it's a lot of pressure to create a really People good are one. now asking for help. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I think, Joe, I think it's probably already created for you. I don't think you have to worry about it. You, you can go online and generate your own. Can you? Yeah. I did not know that. Luke, you're pretty good at creating them. I've seen you commenting on people's Instagrams before. Yeah, you just I, got yeah, the Cigari's one, right? Yep. Uh, no, it was actually Alyssa. Oh, well, yeah, I guess it's Sean. Right. Sean yeah. Alyssa. Yeah. Yeah. Make them. Yeah. I created that He's getting married as well. Yeah. <laughs> so they're using it. They're going for they're what going you created. They're going for it. Yeah. Love it. And what is it? I don't remember what I said. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> close but no Cigari? No, that was a oh, different one. Oh, that's a good one. What does that even mean, though? Regular wedding hashtags don't have to make sense. They just have to be, they have to be clever. Yeah, and it's you know couples get in turmoil over it. I've, I I wouldn't be surprised if people end the marriage because they can't come up with a good hashtag. The the great hashtag would just be Nugent Wedding, two thousand whatever year you get married. Do you like that yeah, one? That's a I really that's unique, easy to remember. I'm just gonna go with hashtag Nugent. The hashtag for the Sean Zagari Alyssa Velez wedding is We's are getting married. There you have it. That's intricate. Yep. Nice. How do you spell that? Actually, you don't have to say it. It's hard to spell without looking at it. 
my wedding hashtag is going to be hashtag she wants the Nugent. Yeah, that's good. Nugent to uh, Europe is a long hashtag. She wants the Nugent Nugent to Europe. Nugent to Europe. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. That's, that's what I'm true. trying to tell that's you. That's true. Just okay. has to have your last name in it. Okay. Well, thank you, Mister Anonymous, for the uh, what burns your biscuits. At we'd like to hear from the rest of you guys. What burns your biscuits? What irks you? What makes you mad? Um, and we will we will talk about it on air. Okay, let's move into actual content now. Hashtag a cup of Joe and whoever your person you marry is. I like that. Only uh, only our that, listeners would understand. That can work. Yeah. I want my wedding hashtag to be all all about me. Hashtag a cup of Joe in the morning. They have no clue who I'm marrying. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the marriage. It's just a hashtag about me. What about from Miss to Mrs.? Classic. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. What about, I don't have an Instagram? Mm. Or I don't care. Right. What about, I'm not going to be on Instagram my entire honeymoon? A lot of people do that. What about, I don't want to take a picture with everyone at my wedding and then they tag me in it and say they have a great time and talk about memories from our past and I really don't care? <laughs> we, we could go on forever, but this I was just going to mention that we're in a time period where people are, are, out, are traveling the world. They're out traveling the world. Yep. Just like you guys were, and uh, they're making it known. We'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, <laughs> we're moving into a new one. <laughs> yep. Good old picture day keeps the Instagram followers away. Uh, <laughs> you have to let people know you're out of the country if you're out of the country. Oh, yeah. If you're... If one you does not go to Europe and not tell people. Yes. Yeah. One yes. does not vacation and not tell people. And it's always that Europe is so much better than America. Because I enjoy telling people about the fact that yeah, I'm out here traveling the world. Someone else is paying for it. You're stuck at home working. Thanks, Daddy. Hashtag thanks, Daddy. <laughs> we better wrap it up <laughs> before we get in trouble. It's always it's always America's ugly. It's going to be a long summer. I'll just oh, say Amer- that. Yeah, America yeah. is ugly because the slums of Italy are somehow prettier than the slums of Orlando. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, Europe's beautiful and everything, but any anywhere's pretty much beautiful to vacation. Right, you got, you're, you're, you're seeing you're the good parts, you're yeah. not working. You're not working, you're not having to like do like the mundane things you have to do day to day. It's always going to be better. It's always going to be better where you vacation. But yeah. there's only a few places you can live. People are so original and creative with the wedding hashtags that they forget about all of that and they just visit all the same spots when they go to Europe. It's like, why does anyone go to uh, Kazakhstan? Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Where's where's the love for the Middle East? I mean, they have beautiful spots too. Actually, uh, I think it's Afghanistan is actually like a like a pretty well known vacation spot. Like, not even joking. People actually do that. You can ski there, can't you? Probably not. I don't know. Can you? There's mountains. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, we, all I see is Breckenridge. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I love family trip to Colorado. What about family trip to Iraq? Why is it with your honeymoons too? You're kind of expected to go out of the country. It's like, oh, you're staying here. Like, oh, you're just going to like a, a beach in Florida. Oh, okay. It's like it's expensive stuff. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, you're you're staying in the states. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am. I don't feel like uh, traveling twelve hours in a plane in one day. Yeah, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> Um, okay, let's move on. We're going to move on to the Memorial Golf Tournament. Um, yeah, but this next segment, guys, is brought to you by Summer Vacations. 
<laughs> I don't know where I was going to go. Oh, oh, something like we don't care. Uh, summer vacation. That would have been a good one. Yeah, I guess we'll go with that. Let's leave it in there. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, guys, Memorial Golf Tournament just wrapped up with the robot Bryson DeChambeau winning it all. Guy is fiery, robotic, mathematician, gamer. scientist, gamer, killer instinct, jerk. I do not like Bryson DeChambeau. But he won the tournament. Uh, there was a three-way playoff between him, Kyle Stanley, and a Japanese player. It was the guy. Was, he was Korean. Byung-hun-an. You said Japan. I wasn't being racially I never insensitive. Once said he was Japanese. Oh, okay. Well then, Byung Un On from I think Korea. Byung. Byung. No. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely Byung. Byung Hun On. Uh, Kyle Stanley was eliminated after the first playoff hole, so it went just between Deshambo and. And um, DeChambeau ended up uh, pouring in a birdie to win it. And then Tiger Woods finished at 9-under, I believe, finishing tied for 23rd. Another top 25 finish. So, guys, we're going to go around here, and I want to hear your thoughts on the tournament. Your thoughts on if it's about... I have my own thoughts about what happened and what's going on in golf right now. And then your thoughts on Tiger and where... Where he stands now with, we, we're going to have a week break, and then it's the U.S. Open. Yeah, after four days of watching golf at Jack Nicholas's course, Mirfield in Dublin, Dublin, Ohio, what are your thoughts, prayers, prayer requests? What are your prayer requests? Well, you know, Joe, you guessed it pretty well in, in going into this day. You're like, the only person I'm afraid of to win this thing is Bryson. Um, you said that. That's, that's just because I'm afraid of Bryson. Yeah, I am too. He, he reminds me of Cato from Hunger Games. But, you know, Bryson DeChambeau's played well all year, and I'm not shocked at all that he was able to pull out the tournament uh, get a win. The absolute robot, he's very excruciating to watch. I think I think probably four out of the last six players today were just the slowest players imaginable, and they take forever to play, so that was kind of hard to watch. But, you know, I like seeing a course that, I mean, 15 under is pretty low, but... They're, they still had some tough days, tough runs, all these players. So I like tournaments that are doing that. You know, we've seen a lot of low rounds lately in, in these PGA tournaments. That was good to see. Uh, Tiger, snooze fest with a top 25 finish. This one hurt a little bit more than the rest because it was just small, short putts that even I probably could have made some of them. Very excruciating to watch him miss a three-and-a-half-footer for birdie. But the ball striking's back, and that's the big thing with Tiger. The ball striking's back. Please, Tiger, just put it all together for four days. That's all I have to say. A stick dinner's riding on it. Oh, I forgot about that stick. Oh, don't, because yeah. I'll tell you what, David Clapp has not forgotten. And so you you need a top three finish at Shinnecook. What We can just go to like, uh, what's nope, that, what's that place that shares the, shares the gray steaks? Oh, hey. Eddie V's? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Black Angus. Black Angus. We'll go have a nice six-ounce sirloin at Black Angus. Yeah, Golden Corral maybe. So, Luke, for those that don't know at home, walk us through Bryson DeChambeau's swing mechanics and what he, why he is unique and a robot in the game of golf. Yeah, so he takes a very unique approach. Um, basically, everything you see him do within his swing comes down to a small book. I don't know what the title of it is called. I think um, it's the Bible. 
Yeah, um, James chapter 3 talks about uh, the takeaway uh, mm-hmm. and how you should be at the top of the swing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, it's very calculated. It's very scientific. Most of the stuff that comes out of his mouth about his swing, nobody really understands. I think um, it's just a lot of F-bombs. Yeah, he, he tends to get mad at his caddy um, a lot. Um, but yeah, he's very technical and uh, it seems to be working for him. I'm not sure how many others will follow suit, but... Uh, yeah, Bryson gets his second one of his career. And all of his clubs are the same length, right? They are, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Um, so his wedges all the way to his forearm, they're the same length. That helps him stay on the same exact plane throughout the entire swing. And if you're unfamiliar with golf, as you get clubs that you can hit farther to have less loft, the clubs are longer in length. And so it's very interesting that he does that. And also he breasts his putter on his left forearm. It hit... Basically, his whole shtick is to just minimize any possible errors with the game of golf. And if you've ever played golf before, you know there's a lot of places where there can be errors. You know, the guy seems like a perfectionist and it seems to be working for him, but it is just boring to watch. The simplest way I can put it is think of Phil Mickelson. Bryson DeChambeau is the exact opposite <laughs> golf, golfer. Which brings me to my point, guys. So whatever you're doing right now, if you're driving, if you're sitting, if you're sleeping, if you're swimming, if you're running, jogging, flying, dodging, dipping, ducking, whatever you're doing, stop and listen to what I'm about to say. The game of golf is in serious trouble. We have talked a lot. The media talks a lot about all the young guys coming up in golf and how it's so good for the game. True, having young, talented golfers is good for the game, but what these young, talented golfers are doing is not. Jack Nicholas. And I'm talking about him because this was his tournament and his course. He epitomized what it looked like of playing the game with feel and with just pure talent. Most of the old-time golfers did, including the, our own favorite, Tiger Woods. Tiger was probably the last of that breed to play the game 100% on feel, knowledge, and skill. Now, we have guys that are, they have the, they, every player now has books. And these books will tell them everything that's happening on the green. So no longer is green reading a skill. Tiger Woods was one of the best at reading greens, and it separated him from the rest of the field because he saw breaks that no one else could see. Well, now it's computerized and then screen printed onto a book that's telling these guys what it's doing. Now you have players, especially uh, Korean, in the in, like the Korean players, they grow up with these perfect swing mechanics because they are on a perfect plane and it takes the feel out of the game. And I think it's, it's going to make watching golf so boring because it's going to turn into the winning scores 20 under or more. And the only thing that's going to get in the way is if what the weather's doing. But if you have conditions like they had this week, soft, calm winds, nothing going on. It's just, back to the robotic, scientific, execute, and it's good. And I, I really think it's going to hurt the game of golf. Joe, just to piggyback off that, I heard this on the broadcast today. So Bryson marks his ball with a black Sharpie um, to give him a line when he marks his ball. Um, but the, uh, I forgot who said it. Um, but Bryson never, I don't know how to say this correctly, he never doesn't hit a straight putt in his mind. Right. So any feel, so you know how like when you when you get on top of a putt, you can kind of feel the slope in your feet. Right. Is he is he numb to that? Does he not feel that at all? I think is he's, it that I calculated. Think well, I think he's he's grew up, or now he's being raised in this game where it's not necessary for him to feel that. Yeah, I think he's numb to that. 
putting it, yeah, the feel the slope on his feet, and he's also numb to the emotion of love. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got rid of the anchor putters. They have to get rid of these books. It's slowing up the game, and it's taking it's taking all of the talent of green reading out of it, and that is what can separate players. Now, I know you're not going to be able to take away the new technology with perfecting people's swings. That's fine. Because still, when it's under pressure, you'll see some of these guys crumble. But I'm, I'm telling you, if this continues and the game of golf continues to head this way, it's gonna be, we're going to be in some trouble because it's, we're not going to see the Phil Mickelsons of, or the Bubba Watsons of the world anymore. We're going to see the Bryson DeChambeaus and the Kyle Stanleys and, and the Patrick Cantleys. If you're okay with that, then that's fine. But I don't think most of the world is going to be okay with that once it starts happening. Yeah, I just want to mention, so the, the leaders took five and a half hours to finish their round. Oh. Um, I think a number of people were put on the clock. I'm going to direct this towards all rules officials. I need someone with a pair of stones to assess a one-stroke penalty in a final round so we can speed things up because it's it's just exhausting. Please. I watched, Joe, who's the, who's the golfer today that we watched? Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley. He stood over the ball and shuffled his feet I think one it was, by one about I think it was times. almost 12 seconds. He was standing yeah. over the ball. And, like, I, I can't even do that myself. Like, I would, like, psych myself out of the shot and wouldn't be able to even swing because I'd be so confused in my head. But that's just what he does every single shot, and it's exhausting to watch, and it takes forever. And, yeah, I mean, g- people say golf is slow as it is. With that, that's just excruciating to watch. Yeah. We have to bring the feel back to the game and the raw talent. But, um... And then I'm going to quickly mention Tiger. I know you guys probably don't care since he didn't even finish in the top 10. Um, but his ball striking this week was the best since it early 2000s. Uh, number one in the field in multiple categories in in that area. And his putting from inside five feet was atrocious. Yeah, he was like 106th in putting. And I, I, would, I would say it was a mechanical thing, but he had some putts that looked really good. I think it was more just in his head over five feet. He had no clue. He was also spending a lot more time over those putts than normally. There was a couple three footers that sometimes I'd see Tiger do just the one foot tap in, but no, this week he was marking them, reading them, missing them. So I don't know. Someone needs to also take Tiger's driver. Yes. Pull it out of his bag, snap in half, burn it to a crisp, shove it up Bryson's butt and nuke it. Yeah, anytime the cop, <laughs> anytime Tiger's bringing the Cava for a four footer, you know there's you, some there's going some on. problems, and um, yeah, but Jimmy Tiger he hit his three wood one of the holes 330 yards. Yeah, exactly. You if I hit my three wood 330 if... yards, I would take my driver and you'd shove it up Bryson's butt. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to hit it farther than 330 Special, yards. Yeah, wind may have been with him with that, but still, if you're hitting your three wood 300 yards, yeah. just forget about the driver. Today is the first time I've ever turned off a golf tournament because of Tiger when he was out yeah. of it. I just couldn't bear to watch anymore. I knew Tiger was playing and I, I didn't watch him. It was so frustrating. Um, okay. Well, we will be back talking about Shinnecock us open. Jimmy might owe a steak after, or David might be eating his words. We won't I, know. I, I still got, I still got two more. After someone's going to have a full, this stomach. is your best chance. Some yeah, someone's going to have a full stomach and be very happy. And I hope it's the three of us and not David. Let's move on to NBA Finals. Before we move on, this next segment is brought to you by Black Angus Steakhouse. Medium rare, medium, medium well, they're all gray. Black Angus. Uh, Yeah, Finals. Cavs, Warriors. One game in, Warriors somehow won. Oh, man. 
I I went to bed that night so mad. You did. You were to think you were a diehard cast fan the way you were acting. Well, you weren't even with me. I went to bed that night so mad, and I woke up, and I still felt just as mad. Normally, you can just sleep off something like that. You wake up, you're like, ah, you know what happens. But it was just unbelievable. I was with you game seven of Warriors Rockets, and it was clear to me how much you hated the Warriors based on your reactions to that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that Kevin Durant going to the Warriors absolutely ruined what would be the greatest time to watch the NBA. And he, I think Kevin Durant single-handedly ruined that. But what What, hap- are, you, what are you going to say when uh, LeBron goes to Houston? It, it's a total, totally different, right? It, no, it's a, it's just, it's a, just a reaction to what the Warriors are right now. He would have never went to the Rockets if Kevin Durant never went to the Warriors. LeBron can't be wasting his time right now. If he goes to the Rockets, good job, good for him. Like I, I completely understand that because he has no other choice. He wouldn't have done that if, if the Warriors weren't what they are right now. Yeah, the Rockets also didn't eliminate the Cavs from the playoffs. Exactly, exactly, and that's what Kevin Durant did, and he also went to his 73-9 team. If they would have not choked, had a choke job and lost when they were up 3-1 in the finals, it's just, we're, we're, they would they would have been they would have been probably called the greatest team of all time, and Kevin Durant went to that team, a former MVP. But where, just, where, I, where I completely disagree with you is you, you saying that it's bad on Kevin Durant's part. That's where... I completely miss it. I think it's weak. Weak. So if I'm if I'm out there trying to make the best business decision for myself, where can I make the most money and where can I win the most championships? I make the best decision for me, but that's weak. Okay, he's making plenty of money. Pla- and, I, and I didn't say that. I'm just what, saying that saying what Kevin Durant did going to the Warriors, and he has now proven after they beat the Cavs in this series – he has proven that that was the smartest decision he could have made. Smartest decision to go win a championship. And but the I think- best business decision he could have made. He is now better off financially, historically. He has the, no. he has more rings than he would have. Absolutely. No, this the, no. this this destroyed his legacy, I, I believe. <laughs> oh, my god. Not gosh. destroyed, but it, it tainted it big time. because. So by being in the Hall of Fame and having multiple rings, that... It, his legacy is destroyed. What him going to the Warriors showed me, his mindset is if you can't beat him, join him. And that's not what a competitor does. And that's not what a legend does in the game of basketball. You don't join the team that just beat you in game seven in the finals or in the Western Conference finals when you were beating them and you had the chance to take them out. You go and join them just for an easy championship, basically a guaranteed championship. But guess what Kevin Durant is now? A winner. He was a winner before. I like. Oh, well, how many championships did he win? He didn't have any, but so he was not really "quote unquote" a winner, and now he is. Yeah, it was I'm, the best business decision. You cannot put it on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did what was best for him, and it's now showing he proved to everyone he was right in doing that decision. I'm agreeing with you that. So it was, you can hate it for basketball, but don't say Kevin Durant did the wrong thing because clearly he did the I'm right thing. I'm agreeing with you that it was the best route for him to win a championship, but it was just a weak route and it was a cheap one. And I, I mostly like he can make. Explain to me. He LeBron can, going to the Heat was that weak? He went. He didn't go to a set the team of seventy three and nine. The first Answer year, me. And he formed the team. Was it, it was, weak? It was literally just Kevin Durant just going to an already great established team. Did LeBron, LeBron took the Heat, molded them into a new team? Did LeBron not go to the Heat to win a championship? He did go to win because a championship. he couldn't win a championship with his other team. But is he, that wait? But the Heat stop didn't cutting beat the, me off. Is that true or false? That's true. It's the same thing, but Jimmy. The, the Heat didn't beat the Cavs the previous year in the playoffs. It doesn't. And the, and the Heat weren't already an amazing team. I think they may have had a first-round exit that year, or they didn't even make the playoffs. I'm the first one to say that what the Warriors are is not good for basketball. 
But for you to come on here and say that what Kevin Durant did is completely different than what LeBron James did is false. And I'm not, I'm not putting blame on either of them. Both of them, I think, made the best decision for themselves and their careers. But I'm not going to sit on here and say, oh, well, uh, Kevin Durant, he's a, he's a snake and he's, he's a cheap and he's, he, he's weak. But LeBron, oh, he's not. He's, he's high. No, I'm going to say they both made the best decision. And that's, that, that's a matter of fact for me, but whatever. Yeah, as far as game one goes, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got I'm to just wa- tired, of the, ke- tired of the Kevin Durant talk because I think it, people, the man, people view the NBA different than their own careers. In their own careers, they would do the same thing Kevin Durant did. That's not true. He, he could have won championships anywhere else. I got to watch game one uh, at Craig Miller's on Sand Lake, and you would have thought we were at a bar in Cleveland. This was a very pro LeBron crowd. Very few people outside of Golden State, I think, are cheering for the Warriors. There was screaming, there was crying, there was yelling. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to ask y'all I mean, there is a, a ton of stuff to have in this game, but what was your thoughts on the officials overturning LeBron's or Kevin Durant's charge call or the block call? Well, you know, it like I've never seen a foul get reviewed and overturned, but I know it's a rule, and like I'll I'll stand by it. That's a rule that they've established. I don't know when that rule started. I don't know if it's always been a thing. But what the big problem I had with it is that their big review was if he was in the restricted zone, if LeBron was in the, the restricted zone drawing the foul, and he clearly wasn't. He was clearly outside of it, and it just wasn't definitive enough in my mind. To overturn it now, do I think it was a clear charge? No, but do I think it was a clear block? No, and so I think when you get to that and you make that call in that moment, how big of a moment that is in the NBA Finals, you just can't do that. You can't overturn something that can be questionable. You just got to stick with what your call was, and it absolutely costed the Cavs the game. Outside of um, George Hill missing the free throw and J.R. Smith being a moron. Well, see, I'm a little bit confused now because everyone. So many people scream for instant replay, instant replay, because they don't want to leave the game in the ref's hands. And what did instant replay do in this situation? It was the it it that was a charge. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, that was a block. He his feet weren't set. He slid into it. He was outside the restricted zone. Feet don't need to necessarily be set. You set. You just got to be square. Well, he he was still sliding though. You can't sl- keep sliding even if you're square. And so. If you're going to go down the route of that you want instant replay and you want to make sure that all calls are the right call, then I'm okay with them overturning it. I personally am very much against instant replay in every sport. It's especially baseball. That's another story, but it's ruining baseball. Um, I like the idea of the human the human play into it, and I like the idea of these refs. They're, they're there um, trying to make calls, and whatever call they make should stand. But other than, I would say, like, out-of-bounds stuff, like, on the line. But as far as fouls go, I don't like the fact that it can be reviewed. But if we're going to go down that route, then I think this was uh, that was the right call. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the NBA rules on reviewing stuff. But I know in the NFL, not all – well, the majority of penalties aren't reviewable. Right. Um, I know there's a few that are. Um, I think people aren't upset just about this one call. But I feel like there was multiple things that kind of added up for people. I, the, the Draymond Green lane violation on the free throw. Um, so definitely look for the officials to um, officiate better because I think it was just terrible in game one. And, and yeah. it cost the Cavs a game. I'm just going to say that. And something else I haven't really understood is why it's always in every sport, 
or not every, but like in football too, it's under two minutes. I mean, there's fouls that happen in the first quarter that dictate the way a game goes. So I don't really know why the under two minutes thing, oh, then it's all reviewed. It's I, I just think it's so weird, the rules we have. and I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the Warriors are a 12.5-point favorite um, going into game two tonight. Um, I know you guys will be listening. The game will be over. But what are your thoughts um, going into game two? I just can't see the Cavs being able to look past what happened in game one. And I think it's going to probably be in the back of their mind the whole time. You know, if we would have just won game one, things would be different. And it's hard. And, you know, if anyone can do it, LeBron can. But I don't think LeBron can drop 51 every night. And he dropped 51 and still lost. And so that's exhausting and it's tough. But I don't know, maybe someone can get hot. Maybe J.R. Smith can play with some anger and, and try and prove people wrong about how he blew game one, or supposedly. I mean, he may have not made that layup, but he still made a moronic play at the end of the game. Um, so maybe J.R. Smith will have a good game. LeBron can have another good one. He LeBron just needs something. He needs some help. He can't be dropping 51 and losing. That's That shows that you have a bad team around you. I yeah. still think the Warriors win. Yeah, I agree. I really don't see how the Cavs, with that foul call at the end, having to make the game had to go into overtime, and then J.R. Smith thinking that they were up and not putting that ball back up and not dishing it out quickly. I don't see how they can rebound from that. It's going to take these NBA finals, these NBA playoffs are so emotional, and they're so physically daunting, and to lose a game like that, that if you won that game, it's looking great to lose it in the way they did. I simply cannot see it happening, but I really hope they prove me wrong. Um, uh, how many? How long does the series go uh, after seeing Game One? Finish the way it did. After seeing Game One, I don't think it goes more than five games. Yeah, max five is mine. I think I agree. Uh, one more thing, going back to Game One, um, end of game situation. So the Cavs were down one with the ball, shot clock turned off. What did you guys think of the decision for LeBron to pass it? Um, to George Hill near the near the block um, instead of taking a shot for himself. When he originally started passing it, I was yelling, what are you doing? But if you watch the replay, he actually made just a genius play because he knew it was going to be a foul. And George Hill's, George Hill's a, he's like an 80% free throw shooter. I mean, you trust that guy on the line. So I thought it was a very smart play. It just shows the IQ LeBron has. I mean, are you in better hands maybe him taking the shot? I don't know. But I think LeBron saw... He, they need one point to tie this thing up and saw a guaranteed foul, and it was a beautiful play. So I, I'm i for him passing that ball because I just thought it was extremely smart. It's a little bit interesting, the fact that he, that he chose to do that for two reasons. One, we have all, and LeBron, has acknowledged how bad the rest of the team is and how it is him against the Warriors. And also, he takes that last game-winning shot, and it's, well, you know, LeBron, he had to be the one to take it. He's converted on so many now that it, there's not going to be a huge, like, oh, LeBron can't finish. The fact that he gives it up, that opens the door to every criticism in the world that, oh, LeBron, he doesn't want it. He's 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 scared. He's afraid. So I thought it was very interesting on the court. It seemed like it was the right choice. But in my mind, and if, I'm, if I was in LeBron's shoes, I would think, I, th- I think I'm going to take this shot because it's a win-win for me. But uh, that's kind of the more personal, selfish reasons behind it. Yeah, I think it's safe to say LeBron always makes the right play. But I will say his mental process, his thinking is, I think it's slightly different if the Cavs are tied as opposed to when they're uh, down by one or two. Um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. But They also um, did. They also had one timeout, didn't they? 
I think they I think they might have. Yeah. I thought that's why LeBron was started calling for the timeout when Jr. was dribbling it out, but the ref didn't see him. But it would there yeah. would there would only be like one second. I was a little intrigued. I guess because there was a foul, they figured there was time to regroup and talk about all right, what happens if we miss this? What happens if we make? But I'm a little surprised that they left that timeout on the floor. All right, I'm still getting over that game one. Hopefully, game two surprises me. Game one surprised me. I honestly thought maybe there was no shot. Jimmy, real quick question for you: If you were at a company. And you you saw that there was a company that you had a better chance of moving up. You had a better chance of doing bigger things, making a bigger impact in the realm around you that that company is in. Your company that you're in, you, you know there's a ceiling. You can't move any farther up. You do the people love you. You're you're well liked. But would you? And if you move to that other company, would you think that people would call you weak and? selfish and soft well if that other company um, had just had a huge year last huge year, year and had just beaten your company and stomped you to the ground yeah and, and you had a chance to be a part of that and i greatness. had ill feelings with them stomping us to the ground and they just hurt my friends too i oh, would go please. to I, oh my God. i would go to another company that i had a chance to do just the same things and maybe i'd have to work a little bit harder but i'd have the same opportunity to get to the level of where I would be with that better company. So that's what I would have done. Oh, boy. I'm a gamer. Yeah, that, you are so blind. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap this up with a quick Fresh Brew of the Week cooler talk. So, Luke, hit us with that ad that they just sent in to us, and we'll get on. This next segment is brought to you by a Tall and Spinning Ride on iDrive. I think I'll wait six months to see if anyone dies before <laughs> I ride it. Someone's definitely going to get injured. If you don't know Orlando, just... Oh! oh someone... Are we uh, connected? Oh, I think we're. I'm in and out. Can't hear my left, left ear. right ear. Left ear's oh, done. What just happened? Left ear's in the dark. All right. If you don't know, guys, okay. uh, Orlando just built like the tallest swing, like spinning swing ever, and it looks very dangerous. And it's only like thirteen bucks. So I just don't. I wouldn't trust it. Yeah, steel death trap. I yeah. love it. Yeah, you don't want to go too early. Because wait, wait six months. Wait six months, but you don't want to go too late because then those chains old. start getting worn down a little bit, right. a little rust. I really hope it's not just chains connected to something like a at the fairgrounds. Yeah, it's like going to like it's six a flags. Heavy duty. The one that gets like 10 feet off the ground. So this one, you're like 200 feet off the ground. Yeah. Okay, water cooler talk. Fresh brew of the week. I'm starting work tomorrow. Um, so guys, I need you to kind of get me a little warmed up. Get me... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll warm you up. Yeah, just hit me with something I might expect to hear tomorrow when they're like, ah, new guy. Get over here, new guy. I'm going to josh it up with you. I think a good one is that, um, and that applies to you, Joe, because you, you're contributing to this, that uh, the unemployment rate is at 3.8%. That's the lowest it's been in a decent amount of time, a couple decades, I think. It's something like that. Maybe a decade. I don't know. But... Is that, is that good enough for you? Is that a good enough talking point? Sure, it is. Yeah. Quiz me. Yeah, okay. So now it's 3.7, I guess, since you're out. Jimmy, I think you're going to be uh, Roy from HR, right? Okay. Try and I'll get into character from, here. I'll be Roy from HR. Hey there, Joseph. How you doing today? Hey, uh, you can just call me Joe. Okay, Joseph. I just want to be the first one to welcome you aboard. Do I kind of say what company you're working for? No. Okay. To this company. Thanks. It's good. kind of funny, Joe. Yep. I was uh, I was seeing the other day. Please don't please don't interrupt me, Joseph. I'm talking to you. I'm I'm one of your superiors. Sorry, Roy. Joseph, I I saw today that uh, the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in about a generation. How about that? 
Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, 3.8% or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're contributing that, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm employed yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I think you're going to love it here. You're going to make some friends, lifetime friends. Uh, you might meet, a, might meet a girl here. How about that? Would you like that if you met a girl here? Listen, Roy, you're the worst. <laughs> you're okay. making my first date terrible. Well, I only know how to smile over here. Listen, Joe, we got 23 documents for you to sign. Uh, a lot of them sign your Roy, life. Roy, do life. I smell alcohol in your breath? <laughs> I haven't uh, drank since yesterday. You're a messed up guy. Okay, Joseph. Well, That's I'm really excited, you, <laughs> really excited for you to come aboard. And you know what our motto is here? What? I don't know, Joe. I'm just joshing with you again. Uh, All right, right, man. Have a good 3. day. 3.8%. But I am going to need you to it's sign gonna the turn to 3.9 after today. All right. I guess that's Roy from HR. I'm sweating in here. It's hot. <laughs> um, Roy was I'm, only, nice in level, I'm oh. only in level two of improv. Roy was a little too nice. Yeah, isn't it? HR people are normally pretty nice, though. They're like, they like mask. They, they mask that it might not be that happy at the company. Every HR People, every HR team of any company is the exact same. You have no idea what company you're working for based on HR. They all wear a light beige shirt, and they all look – they have the same everything. I'm only in level two on improv and improv classes, so I'm trying to, trying to get better. Um, all right. That ought to do it for this week. You know, it's been a couple weeks. We could ask someone to end it. I don't know if you guys are up for that, or we could just, we could just end it ourselves. We could just end it ourselves real quick. Uh, cup of Joe and Jimmy, Cup of J and J on Twitter. Wait, and um, let me think, let me think. Oh, yeah. Facebook. We might, we might be having a guest on the show next week for you guys. Luke oh, is dialing someone. I'm not sure who it is. I don't even know who's picking up. I'm just going to say, hey, man. What's that sound? Hey, yo, what up, Luke? Hey, man, you're on the show. Go ahead, close this out. Oh, hey, my boy. Whoa.